This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. What do you think about Amazon making their own line of foods? As we go through the final 30 minutes, we're talking more about food. Let's see, we went from brownies. Now we're going to be talking about this. And by the way, for all the listeners and uh, well, I'll bring in at this point, Dan, uh, Dan Raff, uh, Wharton professor, and also uh, Amanda Nicholson, who is from Syracuse University. I will warn the two of you right now that my three kids are off, uh, done school, and they're in here with their dad today. And so talking about food for an hour straight is driving them nuts. <laughs> so we got we got to deal the brownies like that. Well, the brownies certainly, and probably some of the things we we might be talking about here in the next thirty minutes as well. But great to have Amanda Nicholson, who is the associate dean uh, undergraduate programs and also professor of the retail practice at uh, Syracuse University's Whitman School of Management, and also uh, Wharton's uh, Dan Raff joining us on the show. Uh, I'll ask this of both of you, Dan. I'll start with you. Hearing this news did surprise me a little bit. What about you? Well, we. Know that entrepreneurially minded people have been thinking about this possibility for some time. Um, there was a decade or so ago a major effort um, uh, headed by one of the brothers who was involved in founding the Borders bookstore chain, Lewis Borders, called Webvan out of Foster City, California, um, near the, the western end of the Bay Bridge, um, to develop. Uh, a company that would do um, uh, internet-initiated home delivery of groceries. Uh, I think the initial idea was to do this in the Bay Area. They tried to roll it out to a number of American cities uh, pretty rapidly and apparently um, too rapidly for the the state of the development of their infrastructure. So this company was worth on paper uh, more than a billion dollars at one stage, um, but eventually uh, disappeared. But it strongly suggested that once um, people figured out how to do the infrastructure properly, something like this might be coming. And in fact, services like this have existed in the UK for some time, uh, run by major grocery chains. Amanda? Uh, I totally agree with what Dan says. How are you, Dan? It's good to hear you. I'm excellent. Lovely to hear your voice. Um, I think uh, where Webvan sort of failed, but it it, it didn't fail totally. I mean, it, it was a great idea, but its distribution problems were huge. Uh, I think Fresh Direct has really almost picked up that mantra and has done pretty well as the New York City-based company. Um, and, and they've got a direct competitor now that Amazon's uh, sort of thrown down the gauntlet and talking about grocery delivery um, in the New York City area. So, you know, this, this is their first move to the East Coast market. So they, they had a, a big push there. But uh, Fresh Direct has, has been doing pretty well and it, it, it keeps its edge by focusing on its food roots. Uh, it, uh, you know, the, the starter of their business um, had, has a lot of knowledge in the supermarket and grocery business, which has been very helpful and, and has, has, has grown with that business as that business has evolved and changed over the years and f- has done Fresh Direct, which is now tailoring some of its online assortments. And I think a very clever, um, in a very clever way to its market. How much, uh, uh, Dan, you... I should, add, I should yep. perhaps add, Dan, that, that we know that now um, this sort of service is commercially feasible mm-hmm. um, because in most of my 
friends in London, not a city known for um, um, being entirely uh, composed of broad avenues uncluttered by parking. <laughs> um, they, you know, they're busy working professionals, and they mostly don't go to supermarkets anymore. Mostly, the supermarkets deliver to them within well delineated windows of of time and so forth. So this kind of thing can work, no question about that. So you mentioned the infrastructure part, and and seemingly Amazon would have a lot of that, I would think, in place because of the fact that they have facilities uh, in various areas of the country already to be able to try and build out, you know, some of this some of this. uh, this program. Uh, they well, there, obviously... were two cru- there were two crucial elements to the infrastructure. One of them, particularly if you're uh, uh, dealing with um, um, goods, uh, which, uh, uh, in which goods whose freshness is very important, is yep. local warehouses. Yep. But since Amazon's uh, sales tax uh, 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 structure, um, has has begun to be, begun to look more like an ordinary companies. They've begun building um, uh, warehouse space on the outskirts of many major cities, and that's the physical infrastructure part of this. The other point is again, if you've got a truck full of stuff which has to be delivered while it's still fresh, um, you need sophisticated routing. Um, and planning of, of transit times and so forth. And, you know, this represents complicated um, um, uh, computer optimization mm-hmm. models, but those exist also. But, Amanda, was this also the right time to do this, uh, to, to push this out, because uh, of the what, what could be in the next year, two years, three years, whatever it might be, of Amazon having the ability to fly drones? Uh, and obviously, that would be a big part of the delivery aspect of this going forward. I, yes, that, that's certainly true. I think, however, the distribution is, um, if you look, what Dan was mentioning the U.K. market, and the U.K. market uh, is, is an interesting market because it's further ahead in a couple of ways. It's further ahead in private label, as most European countries are in terms of private label grocery. It's also structured in a different way with uh, smaller land masses with a higher concentration of people and multiple, multiple retail stores so that when they've gone online, whether it's Tesco or Sainsbury or whoever, they have the ability to use their stores, if you like, as distribution centers to Mm. some extent. They are delivering right from store or they're asking you to pick up. So when we're looking at this, I mean, I know we, we look at companies like Fresh Direct who took over from Webvan or we're looking at Amazon coming into the marketplace. I don't think we should also discount, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> the, the jolly blue giant Walmart here, yeah. Who, is, yeah, who is currently our largest grocer in America and has over 4,000 outlets already all over the country. Um, that gives them a somewhat of a competitive edge, I think, which is going to be a little tough to compete with. Uh, if they decide to go for this in a big way. They've already started, but if they really start rolling it out. Could also Target get into that mix as well, since they have grocery in their stores too? Absolutely, and they've been moving where their expansion has been, has been mostly into their food lines. We're joined by Amanda Nicholson of Syracuse University and Wharton's Dan Raff as we're talking about Amazon and their move to bring in their own food lines. The numbers to give us a call if you'd like to jump in, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Uh, are you somebody that uses uh, online shopping? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, 
I, I guess the, then, Dan, the question is of the the freshness and the ability. What products are we talking about here that they're going to have available? I mean, it's obviously got to be a wide range uh, right from the get go. I can't actually say that I've shopped them, um, so I don't I don't know what's uh, on offer. I would have thought that the the urgent. Um, uh, demands um, for groceries um, are for things like milk and cereal and you know stuff you realize uh, late in the day when you um, um, weren't uh, thinking too far ahead yeah. um, uh, about your activities. Um, somebody was going to need for breakfast tomorrow morning, um, but I can't say I've actually uh, looked to see what's on offer. Amanda, will do you think it'll be certain items that they will put out uh, in the in the beginning, and then maybe trying to build out as they go along? Well, that's what they've done with some of their sort of non-food items, with their baby wipes and their diapers, which which they had a hiccup on because they had a problem, of, of a quality problem. But if they go for food, really, if you think about it, the people who have been successful at this, if you're going to shop online for food, you're going to shop online, or you're either going to pick it up at the store or you're going to have it delivered to your home. And the crucial things would require, if you're going to deliver it to your home, is it worth delivering, and how much can we? How much do you have to pay for? How much do you have to buy before home delivery is worthwhile to the retailer? Mm-hmm. So the people like uh, the Tesco's and the Sainsbury's and even the Fresh Direct have have sort of um, a model where over a certain amount it starts getting cheaper and cheaper. So they're really encouraging you to do your whole shop on online, right? To do yep. everything. Hold on, hold on, I'm one sorry. second, Dan. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm just saying, I, don't, I can't see cherry picking just a few items of food to come with your regular Amazon order making much sense. Yeah. I think for the most people who want to buy food, it's like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I am buying food online. And Dan- I want it delivered or I want to pick it up from my local store. So I suppose the compliment to what Amanda was saying is that there are certain categories of food for which I imagine most customers want to actually be able to look at it before making that um, uh, a purchase decision. Um, Think melons, think avocados, think fruit that might be bruised and so forth. But um, branded items where um, the, the, the... uh, you know, investment of the manufacturer in brand equity stands as a kind of warranty for the quality, think detergent, think uh, dry cereals, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be natural, um, even uh, in a, a first encounter with this means of acquiring groceries, to be confident that if you order something like, like that, um, you're going to um, get what you deliver. Um, needless to say, the um, the vendors... Uh, uh, of such services are going to be very well aware that consumers um, who uh, uh, experimentally uh, uh, order vegetables or fruits or fish or that sort of thing um, uh, will be very sensitive to the quality of what's delivered. Um, And so it's probably worth investing uh, in, in the stores investing um, in the quality of such stuff in the beginning in order to generate consumer loyalty. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Dan, because w- what 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 is the tipping point to make this uh, move by Amazon successful uh, in the, uh, obviously in the minds of the company, but in the line in the minds of consumers as well? Well, I think there are probably 
two points here. Uh, one is uh, strictly apropos food. Um, it's persuading the customers um, of the convenience and the reliability on the quality front. The other point is that this offering from Amazon is not going on in isolation uh, from other um, new offerings from Amazon. Amazon is now uh, offering uh, same-day delivery uh, in uh, a number of American cities and yeah. sub-regions within the cities. It's a very interesting development in itself, but but in the context we're talking, I want to talk about it a little bit, in the context we're talking about now, um, it's again exploiting uh, highly local storage facilities, storage facilities and depots and so forth, and a network of trucks and other sorts of transportation vehicles, uh, perhaps, um, going out uh, every day. Um, and perhaps once consumers get habituated to the idea of being able to order something from Amazon and having it show up near hours rather than days later, the thought is that uh, uh, all categories uh, uh, of consumer goods uh, will fit into this general mindset, um, not uh, just uh, music or clothing uh, or food. They're really trying to be what was the phrase, the everything story. Sure, yeah. Well, and Amanda, I wanted to bring up another a aspect of Amazon as well, because uh, it was written up in the papers recently about uh, Amazon doing a deal with uh, Comcast uh, to incorporate the Minions uh, from a very well-known well movie by a lot of families uh, in terms of their packaging, in terms of shipping items across the country. I would think these are the types of partnerships that Amazon really needs to have that, that back-end financial support uh, where they're obviously promoting something else, but they're getting that money brought in uh, from a different avenue that can really boost the bottom line while they're trying to get this type of a project up and running to the acceptance level that they need. Um, yes, I think that's a very good point. Uh, I think they have, I think um, one, one of the issues that's, that's interesting, I think, when you're selling particularly food online. So we have a relationship with products, different relationships, depending on what category they're on. So if, if we want to buy the latest, whatever it is, book from a well-known author, um, we're very unlikely to send it back. The quality of the book is pretty standard when it arrives. As long as it's the right author, it's got the right pages and all the rest of it, it's what we wanted. Now, Dan's point, I think, is excellent. When we're talking about melons or fruit or private label yogurt or whatever, we're talking about things that most of us have very specific likes and perhaps dislikes yeah. about. Do you yep. know what I mean? There's yep. a there's a much finer kind. You can cut, slice it much finer in, in, in our attitudes about it. I mean, people can – we have three types of orange juice in our refrigerator. That's all I'm telling you, which makes no sense. No, but you're, but you're right about the fact that there are certain products out there, whether it be the type of ketchup that you have or, or – uh, the the you know the type of brownie mix or cake mix that you use that you stay with because you like the taste of it and you don't differentiate from it unless something weird happens. I'll go back to the days of you know when Coca Cola tried the new Coke. Right. You know that that got everybody mad. Right. But people will stay with those with those items because they're habitual. Exactly. So there's some things that you know if we if we run out of milk and we'll run to the to the convenience store because we've run out of milk or eggs. It, you know, it might be not the same brand we're normally buying, but we, we don't mind. It's an emergency. We're just buying it. 
But when it gets to a lot of other food items, especially if you're going to private label, um, we need a sense, I think, as consumers of, um, of faith that this is going to be a good product. Yeah. So, and that faith takes some time to build up. So it took Loblaws a long time to make President's Choice. They were one of the leaders in North America. It takes, you know, it took, it takes the big, the big names, whether it's Archer Farms or Kirkland, it takes a long time to make people go, that's a great brand. Whether they realize it's a store brand or they think it's an actual man, it, it doesn't really matter. They love it. Yeah. In our local store here, which is Wegmans, um, they don't the even put another name on their private label. They, they have been, they've been smart enough to deliver such a high-quality product at private label that Wegmans is enough of a sort of stamp of approval for most of us to buy their product. Yeah. But I don't think, when you're thinking about this, that uh, Amazon has that automatic advantage at all. Dan? Um, I agree with that entirely. Um, and the fact that Amazon has, at least in some quarters, uh, a, a much more complex sort of profile uh, only underlines her point. Everyone is aware everyone who ever contemplates using it is aware of the convenience. Um, uh, people who read the newspapers were aware for many years that they were avoiding paying uh, sales taxes, which all the local businesses had to pay. But the most interesting um, uh, piece of this uh, is uh, something I saw circulating on the Internet over the weekend um, to do with the uh, the um, same-day delivery uh, I mentioned earlier. Um, they have a reputation for low prices, um, but some um, stock analysts noticed um, that uh, the, the same-day delivery was cheap, but the prices were higher um, yeah. than they would otherwise be. Um, and oh, there was a famous episode some years ago in which it became clear that Amazon was experimenting um, with um, taking the data they had on individuals, but individual search behavior on their website, and using it um, to adjust the prices of the goods an individual uh, would see when they went to the website, um, naturally enough, um, not in a, in a way that's favorable to Amazon rather than favorable to the consumer. Um, and there was an enormous amount um, of... Uh, criticism um, and negative publicity about this. Um, nobody who knows anything about the extent to which Amazon captures data and um, in enormous quantities and pours over it um, would be surprised to discover that they were thinking about such a thing. But the point is the general public responded uh, very badly um, to, to publicity uh, about it. Um, and so I think that, that the notion of Amazon simply as a company that facilitates lots of things, lots of activities um, in in daily life, um, lots of range of choice that hadn't previously um, been available. That's a very powerful part of their brand, but they're an information company. Yeah. Um, they, and this is, uh, to some people at least, a somewhat more sinister uh, side of them. 
We are joined by uh, Dan Raff, Wharton professor, and also Amanda Nicholson, who is the professor uh, of uh, retail practice at uh, Syracuse University's Whitman uh, School of uh, Management, the associate dean there. Uh, It is interesting because we're talking about uh, the types of service that seemingly – it's not uh, for people. Uh, it's not just for people that live in bigger cities. This is something that has grown out to the suburbs fairly well to this point, and seemingly, I don't know how much bigger it will get. It seemingly will get bigger, but that old belief of you know, it's a trip to the grocery store. It's almost like a, a, an event out. Is that Amanda? Is that going to eventually go away? Do you think, or is that still? so ingrained in our society that that we no matter what Amazon or companies like it do that we're not going to lose that well I, I think this is kind of like the whole question of you know uh, uh, 15 years ago when online started to really ramp up in the, the mid 90s uh, and you know you could buy more things than just a, a piece of software perhaps everyone was you know foreshadowing the doom of the actual physical retail store you know when you know it'll all be over we'll all be doing everything online um, Clearly, that hasn't happened, and we don't know how big online in general is going to rise, right? We, we haven't reached a plateau yet, as far as we can see. It may be plateauing yeah. off a little, but we don't know. And I think food is, is sort of a curve that's coming up later than the other items in the other categories. So we don't know how, how – how, I think there's a plenty of room for growth in terms of a delivery for food uh, in-house or pick-up from store, particularly – um, in, in the United States, because people don't necessarily want to spend time in a grocery store, but a lot of people are out in their cars. These are the people you mentioned who are not in big cities. Yeah. And they would uh, love to just drive past and stick it in their trunk on their <laughs> way. Um, that way, with, uh, you know, way, way Walmart started it, that's free. They're doing that for free. You don't have to pay anything extra. And even though you'd think that might hurt their margins a little bit, technically it could, but what they've found is that when they do this, people often stop in and pick up something else that they actually forgot to order when they put their order in. So they're kind of um, reaping two benefits. They're getting a bigger online order, which they're packing, and then they're having someone come and pick it up and make a a secondary purchase, which is they drove to the store. They thought, oh, and you know what else? I need to buy something. Right. So um, I don't think we know how far it's it's going to go, but I, I, I think there's huge amount of growth for it as, as, as we have a time-pressured society, people are, are, are busy working multiple jobs, the idea of being able to swing by and pick your groceries up. Um, I know I, I shop at night, and I would love them all to be sitting there rather than <laughs> onto the aisles. <laughs> so I gather that the secular change, secular, the change over the last dozen years or so, the most important change in um, grocery merchandising and in the the sort of investment that that um, grocery store operators are making has to do with a general um, uh, uh, shift in consumer preferences yeah. towards yeah. higher quality mm-hmm. um, um, fresh produce. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for anyone else, but I like to be able to go and choose. I like to be able to to go with the notion that we should have some veg and we should have some salad with dinner yeah. to get what looks good um, and to not get what doesn't look particularly mm-hmm. or even relatively good. And I don't, I mean, I suppose one could imagine a technology that, that involves um, uh, stream 
shots or something like that. Yeah. But if I can, if I can mix uh, retailing metaphors. Well, uh, when I go uh, shopping for this kind of thing. I want the feel of the cloth. Yeah, and Dan, unfortunately, I have to end it there because we're coming at the at the top of the hour. I greatly appreciate you coming on, Amanda. Great to talk to both of you again. All the best. We'll talk to you very soon. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.